Amen. It is good to be here and uh, good to be back with uh, Philadelphia Baptist Church. I appreciate you very much uh, for hosting this conference. Uh, if your home church has ever hosted a conference, it's a challenge, and without a pastor, it's a bigger challenge. Uh, so we do appreciate you sticking with God's plan. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd ask you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to begin reading in verse 7. Uh, Matthew 16, and beginning in verse 7. The Bible says, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have, not, we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Now, is it that ye do not understand, how is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not of concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, then understood how they that he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this blessed book. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what a blessing and what a help it's been through us down through the years when, Lord, we're ready to quit. You always send it our way. God, we pray for each and every one that is here Lord, that you would bless them with your word, with the lost. Uh, Lord, that you would manifest yourself unto them this day. Save them by your mercy and grace. We pray these in the sweet and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Now, some very familiar verses of Scripture, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, Scripture can get a little too familiar for us. But the Bible says, uh, thankfully, that it is a living word. In other words, you can read the same passage and get a different blessing every time because it, it, it's not a book about theology, it's a book about and who God is. And we praise the Lord for that. And, and that's why we can always review these familiar scriptures and scrape something new. Now what I'll be preaching on this morning is closeness is humility. Now, uh, everybody that has been saved have uh, times in their life when they've been closer to the Lord 
than at others. Now, if you've not experienced that yet, you must be newly saved because that is the life of the Christian walk. I don't care if you're old or young or preacher or member, that is the walk of the Christian life. Now, we're going to review this with Peter, and Peter was an apostle. Uh, he was closer to Christ in one sense, at least in the carnal sense, than you'll ever be. And yet, and still, we find Peter had issues. A saved man having problems. <laughs> Sound familiar to you? A uh, saved man having difficulty and lacking closeness with the Lord. And so going back in verse 7, if you know, you know the rest of this story, uh, that, uh, they had gone to a city and there had been, uh, the Lord said something about getting some bread and they perceived he was angry and began to say, oh, it's because we brought no bread. Uh, it's because we have, uh, forgotten something essential. When in re reality, he was teaching them first of the reality of faith. You know, uh, uh, faith is really the first fruit of the Spirit. But time and time and time again, throughout the ministry of Christ, he pointed out, you don't have any faith. Another time he said, if you just had the faith of a mustard seed, now, I'm redneck to have saw mustard seed and to grow mustard in the garden. And listen, he was really criticizing us, wasn't he? he? He was saying, because listen, if you have a handful of mustard seed and the wind blows by, they're gone. That's what a mustard seed is. And, and so he really begins with a, a criticism, if you will, of their level of faith. Verse 7, and they reasoned among themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with a good theology book. There's nothing wrong with reading uh, man's writings as long as you remember their man's writings. This is the holy book of God. I don't mind Spurgeon. He's written some good things. But you know what? Spurgeon did not believe what we say we believe concerning the church. Right? And so just, just view it in context. And so, uh, always go with what the Word of God, don't reason what the, don't, don't reason to the point of questioning what this book teaches. And I'm afraid that we see that, and sadly, among sovereign grace, I've seen it about, it's the worst I've ever seen it. And, uh, and, and so he says, and they reasoned among themselves, saying it is because we have taken no bread, which when Jesus perceived. Now, I want you, if you underline in your Bible, underline that word perceived, because it didn't say that he heard, he heard them. You see, very frequently in Christ's ministry, he showed himself as God. Remember, uh, he, uh, I think it, was it Philip? Uh, I can't remember who was being called. And he said, I saw you this morning when you were sitting under the tree. And see, he was nowhere no close to them. You know why he saw him? Because he was God in the flesh. You know, that can be a little humbling because you know what that says to me? He knows where I am too. Right? right? And, and, and so we see that um, he, uh, he, he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. 
And he begins to teach them. Which when Jesus received, uh, perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason among yourselves, because ye brought no bread. Now, this question is really never answered. Uh, one, you know, uh, we, again, need to be careful of what we think. And we need to go with Scripture. What does perceived mean? It means your synopsis of the situation, right? right. And, and, and so what we need to do is go back to just trust in the Word of God. And, and he said, and, and they, uh, he says, what are you thinking? What do you mean? Do you, do you even know who I still am? Do you not yet understand and remember the 5,000? Now, when he fed the 5,000 beside the women and children, how many baskets did he take up? Twelve, one apiece, right? Man, that's the provision of God, is it not? Second time he refers to, how many baskets did he take up? Seven, the number of completion, right? See, uh, we may not always have what we want, but we'll always have something. Now, I don't know about you, but this electronic money, I'm against it to the, uh, to the hilt. And I say that when, and I paid for my, uh, way down here with my, with my own card, you know. But listen, the thing is, I don't want to have to do that. Because you know what? Uh, all you have to have is one click of the mouse and you're on your own. Right? I love the computer age, don't you? But yet and still, there are some problems with it. I put out a bigger garden this year. I'll put it that way. And, and, and so we see that uh, he's reminding them, I am the provider. I have all things under my hand. Nothing takes me by surprise. Nothing is not part of my plan. Uh, the brother was mentioning uh, that I came in at the last minute. And you know, in our minds it was true. In God's plan it was before all eternity. He knew I would be here before I did. Right? And, and so we see then, as the Lord's people, that we still yet and do the very same thing, do we not? When the light bill is due and you don't have the money, do you run to God or do you run to the bank? Try to get a little overtime in. Now, men, I'm not letting you off the hook. You have to provide for your families. But I will say this, God provides means. He, he, it will be there. And so, what that whole uh, thing is, the whole section of Scripture is how is your faith? How is your faith? You know, I think that's a fair question in uh, 2023 is for you, not me, but for you to ask yourself, how is your faith? And so we see that that was the emphasis. Now, then they leave that place and they go to a separate place and really the theme continues. We really don't perceive it that way, but the theme of faith is still continuing. Just, just remember that, that uh, he's still asking them the same thing. Verse 13, and they came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Don't ever be deceived. Uh, you know what? God-haters are God-haters. 
rebellion, people that are rebels rebel against the scripture. Don't ever be shocked that, uh, you, you know, this thing with the sodomites just makes me sick to my stomach, right? But you know what? I shouldn't be surprised. Those people are lost and they act like lost people, right? Uh, you know, and so who do they say that Christ is in the modern day? At the very most, they'll say he was a good man, and usually they will say he was nothing. Now, that's been a change in my lifetime. I remember as uh, uh, the worst person in Stewart County recognized Christ was Christ. Now they're saying nothing. And they'll even go to the point they'll say he was a troublemaker, right? That, 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 that is the answer. And you see the answers in that day uh, were a little bit different. Some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah or Elijah. And I don't think that was the end of the list, do you? I, I would have liked to have known what those people really thought about Christ. I know what, what they said at the trial. He said he's spoken blasphemy, he needs to die. And, and so we see that was the attitude of the world and, and that, that hasn't changed. Verse, uh, 45, I mean, excuse me, verse 15. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? That's a question you have to answer for yourself, is it not? It's good to be around good sovereign grace people, but you're going to answer individually. Amen. That's quite the other thing, is not? Whom do you say Christ is? Sovereign Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son, the Son of the living God. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful attribute to put on the person of Christ. And you know what? Despite all his problems, I believe Peter believed that. I believe he was confident that he had met the very living Son of God. I believe he thought that Jesus was able in all things. When he began to sink, the Lord Jesus caught him by the hands. Man, he experienced things that me and you can't even dream about. And yet time and time and time again, Peter fails him and fails him and fails him again. See, because you're saved don't make you exempt. And then we can place our sovereign gracious noses up in the air and criticize others? God help us. You know why you know the things you do? Because God is good. Only reason. Why are you different than the hooker walking down the street? Because God is good. Why did He elect you to glorify Himself? That's it. He didn't, it wasn't no fire escape theology. You know, if you don't believe that, uh, read Ephesians chapter 1, and He did it to glorify Himself. And that is the, that, that is the reason for your redemption. And I believe in this situation, at this time at least, uh, Peter believed that fully. I believe he thought 
exactly as he said. I don't believe he was lying. Now go with me to the Gospel of Matthew again. This time a little further over. Matthew 26. Now the tables have turned. Uh, church, churches, the tables are fixing to turn. Uh, I'm giving you a sound warning. Things are not going to be like they are now for long. Have you ever traveled outside the country where there are state-sponsored churches only? Well, and, and man, you think about that. Just think about state-sponsored churches in the U.S. That's a scary thought, is it not? And uh, but I went to the Ukraine several years ago, and we met secretly. Uh, we were not in a state-sponsored church. We should not have been meeting at all. And the state-sponsored church had controlled doctrine. Statements, and I don't know about their state-sponsored church, their biggest thing is don't say nothing against the government. But in, in the liberal society that we live, state-sponsored churches will say, don't you say anything about sodomites. Don't you say anything about one means unto glory. That's what state-sponsored churches will do. Now, when we built the building at New Testament, uh, after five years of existence, we finally applied for, uh, and I wish we hadn't done it, we applied for a, a, a tax uh, where you don't have to pay sales tax. I don't even know what it's called. You know what that's for? It's to keep up with you. exactly what it is. We also had to apply for an employee identifier. In other words, because I work there, they give us another number. Do you think that's happen chance? And so now, what would, have, what would we have to do to get, get out, under, out from under their microscope? At least on the surface, disband and sell that building, Right? That sound pleasant for the next two years? Church, it's coming. It's coming. And, and so we see then that uh, it was that kind of change of tables. Things had gotten rough. Things had gotten difficult. And the church was under distress as it was at that time. Matthew 26 and verse 33, um, Jesus had let them know, one of you are going to betray me. One of you are going to fall to the side. One of you are going to be challenged tonight. It ended up all of them were. They responded in different ways. Verse 33, And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Man, that's what I would like to proclaim right now, wouldn't you? But you know what? I know myself way too well. A lot better to be honest, ain't it? I, I, I know myself inside and out, and some of it, you know, just ain't that good. But you know what? I think Peter believed it, don't you? I really do. I, th I think he meant what he said. 
But see, when stress come, there was a problem. There was a difficulty. Verse 30, uh, verse 34, and Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice or three times. Again, Jesus knows all things. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise, all also said all the disciples. Now, you know, as old saying goes, you can do what you want to to me, but leave my family alone. Right? And you have to have children, and then especially grandchildren, uh, to make to make that statement true, right? Now, again, you, I, I really don't care. You know what? I've lived a good life right now. I, if I died in the next ten minutes, there's nothing I could say but blessed be the name of the Lord. But see, I have five grandchildren. One of them little girls or my grandson gets hungry, the table begins to turn. And I'm just being honest. And if you'd be honest with yourself, you'd say the same thing. Would I do something drastic to be sure those kids had something to eat? You bet you I would. You know how I avoid... (laughs) how I would avoid that, keeping my eyes on Jesus. That's the only way. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, My only grandson, uh, Adam Wayne Jr., or AJ as he goes by, um, doesn't do well with eating. It's not that he can't swallow, he just doesn't eat. Part of a condition that he has. He's got a, a tube in his belly to help him eat, to feed him. Now, when my daughter-in-law, we were going back and forth, and we knew this was going to happen, and I was, uh, I was lending myself to her, to her help because I'm a registered nurse, and I said, we can do this, and we can do this. And when they sent everything home, they didn't send the formula. And I said, I'll go get some. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I didn't hesitate a bit. That, 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 that's just natural. I love that boy like nothing else. And so when the, the pressure gets on, don't ever say, I won't do this or I will do this because you simply don't know. And if you come through it, you know how you're going to come through it? By the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and relying your strength and not your, I mean, His strength and not your own. That, that's how it will occur. And so Peter makes this grand declaration and drop down now to verse 58 of the same chapter. And excuse me while I dawdle with this Bible. It's brand new. I remembered my ties this time, but I forgot my Bible. So I had to go through this little Christian store down through here and find me a Bible. Uh, so uh, 20, uh, Matthew 26 and verse 58. The Bible says, But Peter followed him, meaning Christ, afar off. That's us, is it not? How close are you to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? I think a lot of times we do follow afar off. A lot of other things get our attention, do they not? And so don't criticize Peter when, when 
what the Scripture says about his following ability. But Peter followed him, meaning Christ, far off in the high, unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Is he fighting? Is he saying, that's my master? Is he running at the court? No. He's sitting silently. Now don't get down on Peter because you do the same thing. And uh, we see him uh, not doing what he said. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the, all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet they found none. And at the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said, and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What? What is which these witness against these? Against thee? You ever wonder why Christ said nothing? In a, in a court down here, why do you have to answer? Because you're accountable to that judge. You know why Christ didn't answer? He wasn't. <laughs> right? He didn't have to answer nothing. He was the very living God in the flesh. He, he, didn't, he wasn't obedient to anybody. And so that's why he didn't answer. Also, the, the witnesses were uh, was crocked up at the best. Rem- remember, I think it's in Luke's gospel, they couldn't even get their story straight. And, and, and so that was, uh, that, that was the reason that he did not answer is because he was not accountable to them. They, they were coming at him with lies. But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of glory. Now, I could preach on that verse the rest of the day, but I won't for your mercy. Uh, but listen, he said a mouthful right there. And um, the high priest, then the high priest rent his clothes saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? And they answered and said, he is guilty of death. Now, again, don't get too self-righteous because we've probably been there with them. The only thing difference between us and them is they were Jews. <laughs> All right? But I do want you to, I think the key to this, the one Christian, or three Christians, we, or two Christians, we knew they were there. That was John and Peter, right? Neither one of them, and again and again, John John was a John understood Christ probably better than any of the others, and he's not saying anything either, right? 
question is, would you say anything? Would you be at the defense? Would you be willing to say, hey, this is wrong? But no one did. Then did they spit on, then did they spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palms of their hands saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is, who is it that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him and said, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. I wonder, have you ever thought how she picked up on that? Did she simply have a memory and say, Oh yeah, I saw this guy down at the temple with him. Or was it the way he was conducting himself? Did he see Christ somehow in Peter? It's something to consider. But he, meaning meaning Peter, but he denied before them all saying, I know, I know not what thou sayest. In other words, what do you mean, me, a Christian? And when he was going out on the porch, he's running now, he's hiding. And when he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them, that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. I promise, I don't know what you're talking about. And really an oath, and, and, uh, and I don't, I, I do, you know, the Bible teaches us very clearly, if you don't know this, that you're not to swear to anything. You know, when all the scripture is warning us of swearing, it's not cussing, as we say here in the South, it's don't you make an oath. And you know what you're to not to make an oath is because you can't keep it. Right? And, and, and so we see that he says, don't... Uh, so he says, I promise, I swear, I don't know the man you're talking about. He ups the ante, so to speak. And again, he denied him uh, with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him... They that stood by and said to Peter, "Surely also art one of, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee." Now we find out the how. I believe they were all down there laughing. <laughs> they were making. <laughs> he said he was Christ. That's Mary and Joseph's son. We've known him a long time. They were demeaning the very living Son of God. And Peter wasn't. Despite all problems, Peter wasn't. And they said, ah, now we know. Do you deny Christ? I do. Most every day. You have an opportunity to speak the name of Jesus and you don't, you've denied Christ. Right? And I have lots of time, I lots of opportunity. I, I work in a nursing home. There's more people there and you can shake a stick at. But how often do I say, hey, wait a minute. A woman I share an office with is Catholic and I've been trying to talk to her. You ever witness to a Catholic? It's an uphill battle. Right? 
But Peter's voice, despite all he had done and denying him, he wasn't talking like them. Isn't that a blessing? He wasn't running the Lord Jesus down. He, he, didn't, he, he denied him multiple times, but he wouldn't get into their jargon uh, of blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ, and it told out on him in this verse. In uh, verse 74, then began he to curse. Now, that's what we call cussing here in the South. He had a little bit of that, thought it'd help him out a little bit. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Isn't it a wonderful thing how God can use... Preachers don't be impressed that you're a preacher, right? <laughs> if he can use Balaam's ass, he can use anything he wants to, right? And here, here we find he uses a chicken, uh, a rooster, now, our chicken house is away from the house because I don't want to hear him calling every morning. I don't have to get up that early, so I sure don't want the prompt, right? But, man, he preached a message on that morning, did he not? Thou art the man. You're him. And the next verse says, and th this is key for a believer. This is what you can measure yourself with this morning. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, if he had had no problem with it, I'd say, well, Peter didn't, didn't really believe when he said, Thou art the Christ. He, he wasn't really who he said he was. But he, repentance is key, y'all. If you don't have repentance in your life, I, I would make my calling and election sure. Because repentance is, is it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And we should be a repentant people when we see things like in their, this in our life. Now, I want to read very quickly one, one more verse that Matthew doesn't cover, but it did happen in the Gospel of John 18. Gospel of John 18, verse 18, and we'll close. John 18, 18, the Bible says, and the servants' officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Here we find Peter warming his hands down at the devil's fire. Again, don't say you wouldn't do it. You ever been cold? I mean, really, really cold. And, uh, you know, uh, growing up, we were very poor, and we didn't always have uh, gloves for our hands, and me and my sister sometimes would put socks over our hands. Didn't work well. We tried it, but it didn't work well. And after playing in the snow, I'd come home, and, and my fingers literally would be hurting. They were so cold. And then when I first put them over the fire, they hurt worse. <laughs> So we find Peter fellowshipping down there, warming himself by the devil's fire. See, de the devil will, will provide stuff like that, and if we're not very, very careful, we'll sop it up. 
So I ask you this morning, where are you at? How are you doing? Are you walking closely? Are you like Peter walking at a distance? In closeness is peace. In closeness, and again, this was Peter's problem all along. In closeness is humility. In closeness is humility. For a long time, Peter didn't have it. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I've read two books on martyrs. And supposedly, Peter's only request of his crucifixion is that he be crucified upside down because he, he wasn't worthy to be crucified as Christ. That's a big change, ain't it? Watch your pride. 